start a company faster. Again, launched his company, Plevo, back uh, a couple years ago. Most importantly, uh, really focused on this usage metric model, uh, which is, I think, unique. I think more SaaS companies are starting to think about this, but he's really dialed it in over 70,000 customers. Uh, they've only raised $2 million, which was great, over 100% year-over-year growth, healthy metrics there. Uh, north, or call it between 20 and $100 million bucks in ARR, negative 5% net negative revenue churn per year. They've got a team of 200 people uh, based between San Francisco, Dublin, and Bangalore. Again, helping folks uh, specifically uh, do SMS messaging, things like that, push notifications, verifications, things like that, growing rapidly. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Venki B. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Plevo, a cloud-based communications platform that simplifies how businesses integrate communications into their applications. Today, the company has grown to over 200 employees across three offices globally and has been profitable since 2015. The company has expanded exponentially over the last few years, serving over 70,000 customers and now handles billions of voice calls and SMS every year from businesses around the world. Before this company, Venki has a number of years in in the telecom industry working in technical capacities with global telecoms giants, uh, like many that we all know very, very well. Venki, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. 70,000 customers. What are they paying for? Tell me what you do. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, right. Uh, I mean, Plevo is essentially a cloud communications company where we enable businesses to kind of interact and engage with their customers. So the way they do that is enable their applications with uh, voice calls and SMSs and workflows around that, right? So use cases like two-factor authentication, customer activation, call centers, uh, call tracking, where you know you can track your leads over phone calls, all of those different use cases across sales, support, and marketing functions. And, and walk me through, I mean, is this a SaaS model? Are these cu- customers paying kind of on a monthly basis? Sure, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little different model. It's not your traditional SaaS model where, uh, you know, you pay per month in, on a recurring basis. It's pretty much like a consumption-based model. We call it pay-as-you-go, uh, like how AWS does it. So uh, you get charged, uh, you know, for, let's say, white calls by the minute or uh, for the SMSs you send out by the text message you send or receive. Uh, essentially, you could be spending like a dollar with us per month or, you know, $100,000 a month with us and we that's the range of customers we have uh which obviously is an interesting model compared to like your regular SaaS model now if you've honed in your activation metrics properly and you know what you've got to get people to do to get addicted to your product to use it more that should directly correlate to revenue increases even though you're not a SaaS business and it is pay as you go when you look at an individual customer do you see fairly consistent growth rates in in revenue or do you see like upgrades and downgrades and it's very seasonal Interesting, right? So, so with this consumption model, 
the the way you define upgrades and downgrades becomes so much more harder because you're not like paying for licenses or like on a monthly basis or adding uh, additional licenses. But with consumption model, we see a lot of uh, you know intricacies there. One of the key things which you said are like, do we see a pattern in terms of uh, you know whether this customer is going to be successful, is going to grow scale? Absolutely, right. Uh, and and for us, that's the first uh, aha moment where you know they sign up. How quickly can we get get them to kind of build and and experience uh, you know communication in their app? That's that's the aha moment for for us as a customer. And obviously, uh, we have various different segments. You know, self service, SMB, enterprise. And depending on each of these segments, uh, you know, the timelines to kind of them doing differs uh, depending on our use cases and the consumption. After their first, that, that, that point, the setup though, what I'm asking is, do you see big fluctuations in usage, which is directly tied to essentially upgrades and downgrades or what they're paying you? In other words, is it very seasonal? You see bumps and spikes on the same customer. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's pretty, uh, you know, I would say it's segmented by use cases. So uh, let's say there is a consumer app, which is a messaging app globally, wants to enable you know, uh, customer activation on their, on their mobile use case. A lot of times what you see is like, it's, it's pretty consistent in terms of like how they're growing their business, right? But let's say it's a, it's, it's a polit- political app where you know, there is an election campaign going on, that becomes pretty seasonal, right? And then we, in, in some use cases, we help customers uh, you know, or businesses kind of, uh, book their their reservations uh, in house or or like you know hotels kind of book uh, uh, like essentially kind of reserve stuff. So that's like pretty stable in terms of like how that works. So I would say like uh, it's pretty segmented by use cases across the globe. That makes sense. Give me more of your backstory here. When did you launch this company? Yeah, that's an interesting story. We we started back in 2011. Uh, you know, my co-founder and I we met over GitHub. Uh, GitHub is obviously hot right now after the acquisition. <laughs> everyone's and, uh, everyone's leaving. They're moving to other. They're scared of Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to comment on that. But essentially, yeah, we met over GitHub. We were developers, uh, you know, coming from a telecom background. Uh, our objective was essentially how do we kind of, you know, make telecom as fast moving as the web, right? All the innovation, everything's going on on the web. I mean, you see VCs, uh, you know, pouring in a lot of money on the on the web side of things. But telecom has been kind of slow moving, complex. And when you say communications, essentially, you know, voice calls and SMSs pretty much means uh, telecom, right? So we said, like, how do we get all of that stuff in, in, in hands of like web developers uh, so that we, they could kind of innovate and move at a faster pace? And that's how we got started, right? We, we kind of abstracted all of that complexity in terms of building blocks and, and, and made that available to web developers in terms of like all their programming languages they already knew. And that's how we got started in 2011. 2012, we were part of Y Combinator, uh, early, early mid, uh, you know, Y Combinator. And, and, uh, 2012 mid is where we raised like a, like a, uh, seed round, uh, from VCs. And then it's been pretty much like atypical Silicon Valley, right? I mean, we've grown year over year, hundred uh, percent plus. And we, we were profitable. We actually became profitable in early 2015. Today we are a team of, 200 employees across three offices, uh, you know, San Francisco. Uh, just this year alone, we started Dublin uh, in our office and then uh, another office in, in India, Bangalore. Got it. So San Fran, Dublin, and Bangalore. Correct. And give me a sense of total capital raised. How much? 
Oh, we just raised like our seed round, which is $2 million. Oh, I like you so much. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were intentionally not saying that you, you know, raised some ridiculous, absurd amount of money. I love that you went through YC, you did all these things, but you're being very conservative with what you're raising. Absolutely. I mean, in fact, uh, you know, we have uh, double digits of, of millions of dollars cash in the bank and uh, super profitable. Uh, we pretty much put all of our, our profits back into the company in terms of growing faster. Yep. Give me a general sense of where you're at today in terms of revenue. Uh, well, we don't disclose the number, but but uh, yeah, I mean, ballpark on the on the higher double digits uh, in terms of millions of dollars of revenue. Okay, got it. So, I mean, I won't push you harder here, but is it fair to say somewhere between kind of, are you saying between like 10 and 20 million in ARR? More than that. Okay. So when you say double digits, you mean all the way up to 99 potentially. So somewhere between 10 and 100 million. Correct. Is that, an, that's a big enough range, right? Where you still have a little bit of mystery. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yep. Yep. We can keep, yeah, we can keep it right there. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's healthy. Talk to me about churn. That's critical in a business like this. What's your churn look like, and how do you measure it on a usage based model? Yeah. For us, I mean, uh, you know, like like the the way we solve our customer problems is by kind of what, what's critical here is it's not like a recurring model, right? It's consumption based. So we scale and grow only when our customers kind of start adopting the the, the actual platform, and they they kind of scale that usage. So for us, I think. If you look, go back and look, like first few years, we just focused on making sure our customers are happy. And, uh, you know, that was, the, that was the overall focus, right? Like retention and making sure every single customer grows because we only grow when our customers grow. So How do you measure that, that, that though, Venk? That's what I'm curious though, is on a usage-based model, you're not, you don't have typical metrics like retention and churn and things like that, like a typical SaaS company. How do you measure retention and churn under your business model? Yeah, we do. We do measure that, right? Like we do measure... Uh, both gross and net uh, in terms of growth, right? And then obviously we have our NPS stuff as well with the customers. But NPS is like a better indicator than just revenue because like revenue is like a trailing one. Uh, a lot of times you don't even realize the customer is gone. But like uh, we we engage with our customers on a, on a on a strong uh, engagement model there. So we do measure all these numbers, but it's just uh, not your traditional uh, like indicator of saying okay, you know, you have like a recurring model and 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 it's pretty predictive, like consumption models are not predictive by nature, right? Uh, so we obviously measure, and what we realized is like a lot of companies talk about like, you know, uh, lifetime value, when can I get my customer into the positive uh, number segment and all of that. But like for us, once they're integrated into the core, uh, customers just keep growing and, and scaling. So when you look at our cohorts, they look pretty weird, right? You don't see the graph going down, you just see the graph going. What graph? What graph going down? In terms of the cohorts, and in terms of like how, how customers start spending over you know uh, two, three, four years, and then the consumption kind of kind of kind of going down. You're talking about a consum- you're talking about a consumption chart. Yep, yep, yeah. So for for us, that keeps going up per cohort, not per customer. So if you look at like uh, you know gross churn, gross churn, we are net negative uh, in, in terms of or or basically we don't we don't have any any. Uh, you know, kind of churn when I look at a cohort yeah. uh, from that perspective. When you look at your whole business as a cohort, right, you're saying annually you're at net negative churn. Your expansion mm-hmm. revenue based off usage is way higher than any decreased usage you lost. Absolutely. Even quarterly. Even quarter. Okay, that's great. I mean, are we talking like negative 20% or like negative 5%? Negative 20 uh, would be an, an, an incredible. No, no, I mean, I, I, we're in the single digits right now. Okay. So, I mean, even single digits, by the way, is great. But I was just, I, I was curious if you had some 
unbelievable number based off your usage model. But even even negative five, something like that is obviously a fantastic place to be uh, in your in your line of business. So what exactly are you charging these 70,000 customers on? What, what's the actual consumption point you're measuring? Yeah, so so typically customers, you know, integrate voice calls and SMSs, the actual calls and SMSs. So voice calls get charged by the minute. And then text messages obviously get charged by what you send and receive. So so that's what we charge customers for. And in a lot of cases, customers also buy, also buy like phone numbers for things like call conferencing, uh, you know, call centers, all of that. So phone numbers are charged by the monthly, like on a monthly basis. Uh, and, and that's like less than a dollar per month in terms of subscription there. Okay. And, and walk me through, I mean, you have incredible growth, 70,000 customers. How are you getting all these customers? What channels are you using? <laughs> it's interesting. Pretty much inbound so far. Uh, and uh, like early last year, uh, till early last year, like Jan timeframes, we just had one sales guy and one marketing person. And and now like uh, early this year, we've started kind of investing in, in our sales team and marketing teams and, and kind of uh, we're trying to like go a little bit more aggressive on, on the on the growth side. But yeah, pretty much all of that has been like organic inbound, uh, you know, self-serve. But what does that mean though, right? Like people aren't, people don't just like randomly find a website they know nothing about. It, there's a reason inbound works. So why is your inbound working? What are you doing specifically? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> there, there are a couple of things which we find interesting in the consumption model, especially in the platform play. Uh, and, and, and if you draw a parallel from like the AWS and the Google Clouds, uh, you'd see something similar happening. We're not your typical, uh, you know, like a CRM or a support ticketing tool, right? So uh, with the platform play, what happens is like a lot of businesses do not just buy one or, or invest in one. They want to kind of have like uh, multiple players. Uh, so that's been our, our you know, kind of uh, kind of holy grail in terms of like how we have kind of got a lot of customers. Wait, Venky, so, I don't understand that. What's that? I don't understand that. Give me an example. Yeah. So some of, I mean, one of our competitors essentially, uh, you know, uh, does a lot of marketing. So we kind of, if you search for their term and alternative, we rank number one, that drives a lot of traffic. That drives a lot of traffic. And because customer, I mean, that's how we started the company, right? A lot of customers are unhappy with existing uh, pieces out there uh, or, or competitors out there. So they search for alternatives. They come to our website, you know, sign up. They like, we exactly, uh, you know, do a great job in terms of giving them that experience where they don't have the great experience with their existing providers. So they start scaling without us having to kind of educate the customers. And for that term on Google, you're not doing paid ads there. You've just done a great job at SEO. We do a bit of paid, but it's pretty much, uh, pretty much inbound organics. Yeah. We do a bit of, bit of, uh, SEO, uh, SEM, uh, most, mostly our brand keywords. Okay. But just to be clear, the reason you're able to rank number one is because you have kind of unique insight into how to rank for that specific term on a free kind of SEO, SEM optimization basis. Not just that, but like there are not too many competitors in the space who do a good job of solving their problems. So if you search, we are number one pretty much on our most of our competitor keywords. I like I don't think we are. I would call ourselves like SEO, SEM, uh, you know, in experts. But it's, it's primarily by the virtue of like by this market being like not too many players in the space. Okay, got it. So 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 why aren't there more players in the space? I think it's a hard problem to sell, right? Like it's not just a software layer. We have to work with carriers like AT&T, T-Mobile, just in the U.S. versus like do that into 200 countries. And then you kind of have to build that globally, right? Uh, in terms of like your servers, data centers, pops, all of that. And then comes your software. So like you wouldn't find like, you know, too many startups coming, fly by and, and you know, doing something like in, in an in a MVP approach. It takes a long time. Over the last seven years, we've built solid carrier relationships 
with 100 plus carriers. And that's, you know, part of, of, of the core of the business. And, and also a key reason of why we are able to deliver the quality at scale we do. Yep, that makes sense. Talk to me quickly about what you're, you know, when you do pay fully weighted, what are you paying to onboard one of these, these new customers? Uh, you mean like from an inbound uh, organic model? Like that depends, right? From the Full, fully weighted. So like include like the sales and marketing and content people you have creating the inbound stuff or even direct paid spend. I'm just curious generally how you think about CAC and payback period under your usage model. Yeah. So, so typically, obviously, when we when we you know charge our customers, we have a portion of that revenue going to our carriers because we have to pay them for the actual voice call and SMS. But like, I mean, I mean, there are obviously a lot of numbers, but like keeping it simple, high high level. Typically, we are net positive on a customer in six months. In six months. Okay, good. And the the percentage you're giving the carriers, I mean, is that a significant percentage? And you're only scraping ten or twenty percent off the top. Uh, like if you look at, I mean, uh, some of our competitors are, 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 uh, public. So, uh, it's not like how you kind of talk about SaaS margins. So the margins are lower in, in the, in, in our spaces or our space rather. Uh, but like, I wouldn't say it's significant. We still are, you know, up close to 60 plus percent margin numbers when you talk about gross margin, but it's not like a SaaS business model. Yeah. Just, just to be clear, like if you, if a customer, this is going to be way too high, but if someone pays you a dollar for a text message, you're saying you'll keep at least 60 cents of that. And depending on the carrier relationship, you'll pay maybe up to 40 cents back to the carrier. Yeah. Net, 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 it's 60 plus in the U S market, it's 80 plus. Right. I see. Uh, but in, in, international would be lower, I but, see. but net, net overall from a company perspective, 60 plus. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Good stuff. Let's wrap up here. Venki with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? I have a lot of these, but right now I think at the scale we are and, and the stage we are, uh, what we're focusing on right now is how do we get all, all the teams aligned? So, so five dysfunctions of a team. That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Again, uh, again, a lot of CEOs, but uh, I, I mean, I, I admire uh, you know Eric from Zoom, uh, the way he's built the company, right? Like, uh, I, I, I mean, he's a good friend as well. But, but yeah, absolutely, uh, Eric Duan from Zoom. That's good. That's a good one. And we actually, guys, if you want to hear. Uh, let's see, when was he on? Yeah, we had Eric on, if you guys want to hear back in episode 1063. Great interview there, scaling extremely fast. And actually, Venki, I'm sure you've talked about this. It's fascinating that the Citrix guys didn't let him build Zoom inside of what they had just acquired and go to webinar. It doesn't make any sense to me. But hey, if you can spin it out, then sell it right back to him 10 years later, then do it over and over, it works, right? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And he's done really, he's done really well, right? The focus has been keeping customers happy, and, and make sure, you know, uh, customers refer more customers. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite line from that interview he did with me is he talked about when they added, they were thinking about adding like Instagram filters to Zoom and they realized that was too gimmicky for like business calls. So what they do instead is they don't tell you they do this, but they add essentially like a light layer of virtual makeup. So everyone looks better when they use Zoom, which means they use it more because they like looking good. And that was like a, a, key, a key growth tactic they used. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, actually, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting the way you build the company. Yeah. All right. Number three, you can't say Zoom here. What's your favorite online tool for building your business? Well, that's interesting. Okay. So, I mean, I, email is obviously an, an important one. Gmail, uh, we use that pretty, pretty, uh, you know, intriguing. But, but Slack is another one, like the team, keeping everybody uh, in line and aligned uh, across the company. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Oh, well, <laughs> that's a good question. So it, it's obviously varied over the last seven years, uh, but now I, I get a good uh, seven to eight hours sleep every night. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? 
I am married, yes. Any kiddos? No, no kids. Not, okay. And how old are you? I am 35. 35. All right, Venky, last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Huh. Interesting. Um, start a company much more earlier than, than what I did. <laughs> Guys, there you have it from Venki. Start a company faster. Again, launched his company, Plevo, back a couple years ago. Most importantly, uh, really focused on this usage metric model, uh, which is, I think, unique. I think more SaaS companies are starting to think about this, but he's really dialed it in over 70,000 customers. Uh, they've only raised two million bucks, which is great, over 100% year over year growth, healthy metrics there. Uh, north, or call it between 20 and 100 million bucks in ARR, negative 5% net negative revenue churn per year. They've got a team of 200 people uh, based between San. San Francisco, Dublin, and Bangalore. Again, helping folks uh, specifically uh, do SMS messaging, things like that, push notifications, verifications, things like that, growing rapidly. Thank you, Venki, so much for taking us to the top. Thanks for your time as well.